everybody, welcome to another episode of the Trap Draw Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I want to thank Precision Pro Golf for sponsoring this episode. Every golfer needs a rangefinder that they can trust to know the precise distance to their target, whether you're on the tee box or in the fairway. The No Laying Up team from the C-Suite to the Strat Boys carries Precision Pro Golf rangefinders. Right now, the NX7 Pro Slope is on sale for $219, and our listeners can receive an extra $20 off by using promo code TRAPDRAW. By our math, that means you can add the award-winning slope rangefinder to your golf bag this summer for under $200. Plus, Precision Pro Golf is the only rangefinder that offers free battery replacement services, which saves golfers an additional $64 on average. So you're not only getting a rangefinder, you're signing up for a lifetime service. Based in Cincinnati, Ohio, Precision Pro Golf performs all of their quality control tests at Avon Fields Golf Course, TC. We know what that what that is. Randy makes him put this in just, just to fluff his ego. It's in the writer for our contract. Uh, if So if that isn't good, Juju, I don't know what is. Go to precisionprogolf.com. Use coupon code TRAPJAW at checkout for $20 off our favorite range finder. Swing with confidence. Hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. Now to Mr. Jeezy. Oh, Tron, it feels good to be back in the studio together. How are you today? You're back in the heat, Randy. Hello to Randy. Hello to Randy. How was was Michigan? Michigan. Pure Michigan. It was really nice. Much cooler. Golf is good. The days are long. Where'd you play up there? Uh, Just in and around Boyne Highlands Resort. So I got to play the Heather a couple times, which is my favorite. I got to play the Hills course a couple times. The Hills is sweet. The Hills is, yeah, the Hills is sweet. Um, it's kind of a novelty in certain spots, but. It, it's big. It's big. It's spread out. Uh, and so I think it's more picturesque. Uh, but I think like for an everyday course, I, f- I find the Heather, it's, you know, it's walkable. It's it's a little tighter. Um, that, that's my everyday course. I, I played the Moore course. Uh, we were supposed to get over to Belvedere, but we got canceled by some rain. The Moore is a really weird one, right? It, it's got some weird holes. Uh, so, like, nine of the Moore and nine of the Heather used to be, like, the original golf course up there. And then Robert Trent Jones Jr., your, your boy, your boy uh, came in and um, designed the new course. And so then they made created some new holes for the Moore. It, it, it's tons of dog legs and small greens. It was Junior that did it? I, I believe Junior. I thought it was Senior. Could have been Senior. Who? Well, I just know the one at the Heather. I can't call it. That 18th hole at the Heather. It's the worst finishing <laughs> hole in golf. Awful. I joked on Twitter. It's so bad, it's good. I, it's uh, like a forced. If you get it to the ed- edge of the lake, it's downhill, and then you have like 180 to 200 yard force carry over the lake, uh, and the only bailout is this thin sliver of fairway up the left, which is almost impossible to hit from that angle. And beyond it is like you're going down a bank. 
Um, I, uh, just it just ruins people's rounds. Didn't the owner and Robert Trent Jones like get into a fight about it or something? The owner wanted the lake. Yeah, essentially the owner got his way with the 18th hole, uh, I, and I believe that would have been Kirshner, Everett Kirshner. And from what I've been told, you know, take this all with a grain of salt. I believe Trent Robert Trent Jones almost uh, like took his name off the course because he was like this, this is the worst this is the worst thing you could do to this even he thought it was bad yeah it may have been a senior you know what now that i'm yeah, thinking I think about it, was it senior. yeah it, i think it is a senior and um but anyway his name's still there at the heather uh there was one other course we went up to mackinac island for a day and Did you play wawashkama yeah we played wawashkama which was an absolute delight uh nine holes but separate teeing ground so you can do a couple loops just old school, small little old clubhouse. You had to take a horse and carriage. Uh, so you'd land on Mackinac Island. Of course, there are no cars. We had to take a horse and carriage taxi for like f- a half hour to the course. How much does that run you? Uh, we, uh, my brother-in-law, Eric, and I looked at each other like, this guy could literally charge us $100. We, we didn't ask beforehand. There's no <laughs> other way to get there. But thankfully, it was only a $20 taxi Sounds ride. like a cartel. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we walked around there a couple times, just small greens, really cool. They had like this Alps part three. They had maybe my favorite hole would have been um, the third, the par four third, which what stood out about it, they call it the circus ring. And it's like this dead flat green with almost an entire circle around it of grown up Heather, except for maybe a eight foot opening right in the front. And so I guess when they build it at like the end of the 19th century, beginning of the 20th century, the purpose was it forced people to get their golf ball in the air uh, because everybody was just bunting it around on the ground. So they grew up this heather in, in almost a full ring around the green. And uh, yeah, it, it just makes you obviously uh, play a, an approach shot with some with, with some loft on it. It's like the 18th hole at, at Dukes. That yeah. kind of fortress around the front and the sides of it yeah yeah i thought uh, you were gonna play the downs and kingsley and well the downs is taking no no members on the downs uh kingsley you know it's just kingsley's a great course it's just such a long drive over there um it's like once i got settled up there i was pretty comfortable so we just went around Boyne highlands the, the one i was disappointed about was belvedere that's the second time in the last few years i've gone up there and i've They've closed it because of rain, so I didn't get out there. But you gotta, you gotta come up with me to Duluth. We'll go play Northland, then we'll go over and play Gray Walls. Yeah, dying to play. Gray I Walls. think that's the trip, man. Duluth, yeah. and then down through the UP and yeah. Northern Michigan. I think would be absolutely. I want to see trip. that infrastructure. Too, yeah, you know, crossing the, the straits there. Yeah, the the bridge is. Uh, that was the first time I've been to Mackinac. Took the ferry over Mackinac Bridge, obviously. Um, it's great country up there. I mean, you you know it from yeah. northern Minnesota. It's just really nice. This time of year especially, is, I, I think it's the best almost in the country. Last last Michigan question. What kind of grocery stores I got up there? Um, that That's a great question. So the parents had always been going to, oh gosh, I, I forget what the old ones call it, but they've been starting to go to Olson's. Okay. Loving some of the deals at Olson's. So they they went to Olson's a number of times. I can't tell you. I, I don't know who who owns Olson's, but the old one was like a it was almost kind of like a fresh market. 
It wasn't a fresh market, but like a locally owned fresh market, maybe. It looks like Olsen's is just, they got like four or five. They're only in Traverse City, Charlevoix, Manistee, and Petoskey. So they're truly a local spot. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I know there's some IGAs up, up there. I know you're, I, I believe you're a big IGA guy. Oh, huge IGA. International guy. Grocers Association. You're a big Ingles guy, aren't you? I don't know Ingles. I, I can't cop to that. Uh, anyway, do we have any do, any any mea culpas from last from last week? Uh, just a couple. Uh, I think lots of people were disappointed we didn't mention Memphis barbecue. Apparently, that's a big thing. Commissary came, comes highly recommended. I think it would have been irresponsible for us to talk about Memphis barbecue. I, neither I, of us ever having been there. I, yeah, I don't even know what constitutes Memphis barbecue. So, who can say? I, I want to apologize for. I, I think it was more responsible for us not to talk about it. Exactly. Uh, so no apology will be issued there. Uh, I think, I don't really know what this one referred to. A guy hit me on Twitter, Alan, my, my friend Alan from Ireland, uh, was looking for an apology about bad-mouthing Shane Lowry in some segment we did. Uh, full transparency, I did not listen back, and I do not remember it. So, Alan, I'm sorry. I cannot apologize for that. And then um, Jeffrey Wright. He he also messaged on Twitter. He's a Memphian and uh, and a professional. He said and so we talked a little bit too much about Memphis. So I you know I will apologize to Jeffrey for that. <laughs> apologize to everybody for that. Yeah, uh, I've got two things here. Not necessarily mea culpas, but um, you know I think interesting things here. This is from our guy Chase. Uh, hey guys, I'm sure you get a thousand messages a day. Uh, we don't, but <laughs> no, thanks nowhere for near this. that. Sorry, listening to the trap draw. It's amazing. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> the bit about grocery stores was awesome. I work in the grocery distribution industry, and I personally rate grocery stores. Oh boy, y'all need to seriously check out Wegmans. Uh, based up in the Northeast, uh, they have everything: uh, rabbit and venison, up to dry aged bone and ribeyes. Food court is amazing. They have some of the best private label out there. Service is incomparable, and and I'll say. Funny story, uh, when we were, when I was a, before my junior year of high school, my parents almost moved us to Rochester, New York. Huh. The franchise worked for Bosch and Lom, took a job with Bosch and Lom, commuted up there for a couple of years, and then they said, all right, you got to you gotta move up here. So we go up to visit. They said, all right, you, you know, we're going to live on Oak Hill. That was part of, all right, I'm like, I, like, I don't care. You, you can only play this golf course like five months a year because the weather sucks so bad. And then every single person that we met up there said, yeah, you know, Rochester is pretty gray and, and, and the weather sucks, but we've got Wegmans. We've got Wegmans. Everybody to a T was so freaking proud of Wegmans. It was, it was incredible. There's nothing better than a local population being that excited about like a grocery store. So we need to get Chase to rate, rate Kroger. I would love, I would love to hear Chase's opinion on Kroger. And now, of course, you got to keep in mind, Kroger is a much bigger company. They have many more locations. It's hard to compete on certain metrics against a place like Wegmans. I mean, you know, I don't see Kroger. You know, I think Wegmans was, was voted, you know, top three best places to work in America. Uh, I, yeah, Publix I think was was top fifty on that list. I haven't seen Kroger ever on that list before. So I'll have to I'll have to check. So speaking of Publix, uh, Lee messaged me and said, you know, if you go to Publix, you're paying thirty percent more for groceries. You can't buy everything at Publix. But, know, everybody knows RC knows that RC didn't know that. <laughs> but why? I don't want to go to multiple stores. I just want to go to one place and. 
just be you done with it. You were just telling me you don't buy fish at the grocery store. You go to your local fishmonger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, I, I, yeah, I like to go down to the docks. <laughs> I like to look the fish Jeez. in the eye before I buy it. <laughs> See the Sabaka family, not the docks. <laughs> um, I, I do want to mention Carly also messaged, and she was talking a little bit about the ambiances of certain grocery stores. She said Publix typically smells like sunscreen. I can't, I don't know. I've never noticed that, but. A lot of Florida people there, you know? Yeah. And she said Trader Joe's. She loved the Ricky Fowler comparison to Trader Joe's. Uh, I think that's very apt. And she wanted to compliment their employees for bringing their, I guess they're really trying to bring bandanas back, which I don't know if you're a bandana guy. I feel like bandanas are back with the whole, (laughs) you know, mask pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, The the Texas people keep riding so freaking hard for Central Market and uh, H-E-B. H-E-B, it's I know. It's crazy. If somebody told me H-E-B is a made-up name. Somebody said he added the E after he came home from the war, which... And then other people are, are riding for Harris Teeter. Harris Teeter's owned by Kroger. I know. A couple people reached out talking about... Uh, what does that do to your theory about Kroger in that... You know, Harris Teeter used to be in Atlanta. I, you know, I like Sprouts. I think I think Kroger has a you stake shouted in Sprouts. Them out. Yeah. Uh, but another one, Fresh Market. We were talking about how we couldn't figure out their stuff. Somebody reached out. Used to work for them. They said Apollo Capital Management, big private equity firm, bought them out. <laughs> You're taking hitters. them down to You're the studs. <laughs> their wine selection is so poorly curated. It's probably leveraged to the gills. Yeah, every time I every time I go there, I'm like, why did I come here? They don't have any of the specialty shit that I wanted. Um, Howard Butt, born in Memphis. There we go. Even, yeah, we're bringing somebody, it full circle. Somebody connected that dot. Couldn't believe um, that. And I, then I, I do think uh, we got another message uh, from this from Will on Twitter. Um, Sup Beast. I just listened to your trap drop pod where you mentioned some stuff about my Kings. This is the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> to be clear, I'll have you know that the Kings parted away with Dave. I still don't know how to pronounce it. Jaeger. Jaeger. Due to some uh, extracurricular things that may have been going on, no need to to issue an official apology on the topic. Just thought I'd enlighten you and Large Randall on the happenings in the NBA's most mysterious franchise. And then he said, by the way, I think your left-handed sabbatical shows athleticism and true courage. So thank you. You, TC, you are, your bravery has been second to none through this. Uh, That actually makes me feel a little bit better about the Kings getting rid of them because I, I thought it was very strange. They they were really starting to play some decent basketball to, that the the last half of uh, his final year there, and then they got rid of them. Um, I, Luke Walton, of course, a, a name right in the coaching ranks. Obviously, great job filling in for Steve Kerr, but that move never quite made sense. So hearing that. You know, there was more going on behind the scenes. We'll get into the Kings. We'll get deep into the Kings. You want to save that for Napa? Napa, uh, so, yeah, the, know, the silly Silverado. season, the reach around. You got to get a Buddy lot to say Heald. about Buddy Oh, the, God, the Buddy I could Heald. talk for an hour about Buddy Heald. He is, God, he's the he's just good enough to get you beat is what he is. Last uh, Memphis-related thing I had was uh, your boy Ja, Morant. Yeah. He's bitching about, uh, you know, the schedule and them having to, you know, have a certain – cushion uh on the next team as far as oh to stay out of that little like playoff exactly he's saying it's rigged well he might not be wrong he's bitching there are they trying to get a bigger market team in there probably who, who would be their dream situation are are the pelicans currently inside the you know what i haven't watched a game yet 
I feel I'm embarrassed to say that, but I just I just haven't haven't I've gotten out of the habit of turning on the TV. I've heard the um and the and talent Freddie's the, always watching fucking Paw Patrol <laughs> and all sorts of you know, all sorts of shit. I, I just watched the Lakers Clippers game. Uh but people say the 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 level of play has been surprisingly pretty strong in the bubble, which is uh good to hear. Yeah, the Pelicans are on the outside looking in. I would have to think that's who the league would love to grab that eighth seed. But um, the Raptors look look super dangerous in the East. I know the East might be Pacers look look strong. Yeah, I'm still not sold on the Bucks being untouchable, like a walkover yeah. or untouchable uh, type team. But which makes the East wide open. Really fascinating, actually. Um, so I, I think. I, I think it'll be good basketball. I continue um, to be fascinated by the Utah Jazz. I'm a I'm a big like closet jazz fan. And the whole dynamic with uh Well, I'm just <laughs> fascinated by Quinn Snyder. Oh, for sure. Is one of the most unbelievable human beings <laughs> I think on the face of the planet. Um Yeah, I don't even think we need to get We can into probably yeah, yeah, we can get into him at at a at a later date too. Um have you, have you ever seen a picture with him without his hair slicked back? Yes. There was one going around Twitter one time. It was jarring. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of pictures, how about the picture of Zuck last week on his, uh, <laughs> his, <laughs> was his stand-up paddle board? He had all this zinc sunscreen on it. Zuck's the best, man. What a chode. God, Zuck. Zuck did you watch the, the uh, hearings? Unfortunately, I did not. Oh, I, uh, they were good. They were pretty good. Yeah, I heard they were getting, you know, the, getting in their ass a little the, bit. Yeah, uh, chairman had some some nice clapbacks. Jordan? Yeah, uh, is it Jordan? Jim Jordan? I heard no, Jim, not, Jordan. Jim, yeah, Jordan. Jim Jordan. Jim no, Jordan. No, no. he, we should have talked about him in the Columbus episode. <laughs> um, but I heard some Republicans and some Democrats, you know, very bipartisan. R- Credit R- words, too. R.C. mentioned Jim Jordan <laughs> in the Columbus episode, yeah. you know, with the Ohio State doctor Jim Jordan stuff. Jordan's a bad guy uh, but yeah it, it seems like there's a little click of like antitrust yeah you know yeah. anti-monopoly shout out to matt stoller our guy yeah uh I, I think it's fertile political ground it'll be interesting like which side kind of stakes it out first because there are factions of both trying to get there anyway that, that's probably too much <laughs> um let's uh okay uh, we're going to call Neil today. Neil lived in San Francisco. Is there anything we want to get to before? Yeah, I mean, we thought about having Steph Curry on. Uh, we thought about having Shanny on, like uh, Kyle Shanahan. Um, you know, but we figured... Are you going to answer for Neil on. Dante Pettis? Yeah, I was wrong on that one. I, yeah, I, I, don't, I still don't think Shanny gave him enough of a chance. I thought he'd be great in Shanny's system. No, well, he was, and then Shanny... But you say Shanny doesn't like Nevish guys. He hated. He he told him. Well, Poosh told me. Poosh the big Niners guy. <laughs> Poosh said that he didn't put on enough weight in the off season uh, before last season. That you know he shows up to camp and he's got the blue hair and shit and looks like a Smurf and he and he was Nevish. Then, and then they spent a bunch of draft picks on on receivers as well. They got that Ayuk guy out of uh, Arizona State, which I can't tell if any of them him. are good though. I mean, look at. Uh, what's the guy they got out of South Carolina last year? Um, Debo Samuel. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He's a stud, and they line him up all over the place. Yeah. They drafted that Jalen Hurd guy out of 
your school, the Baylor school. Um, he was he was kind of a faller. Yeah. You know? uh, their running backs though were, I mean that's that's where the bread gets buttered, right? Yeah, they they I saw they resign or they renegotiated with Mostert or Mostert or however you say his name. <laughs> They got Jarek McKinnon. I'm still convinced if he didn't get hurt, he would have been just the ultimate bomb threat. Breda's in Miami now. Um, do they still have Tevin? They do still have Tevin, I believe. Let's see. Uh, you, you know who we, sh- we should have had on and talk Niners? The Kamish. The Kamish worships at the altar of Shani. <laughs> the Kamish loves the scheme that Shani's running. Uh, I, I happen to like Kendrick Bourne. Poosh is a massive Trent Taylor guy. Weren't you a big Jordan Matthews guy? He, oh, he's back in his he's a target Eagles monster. Days. Yeah. <laughs> he was the target monster. He uh, he was like a poor man's Keenan Allen. Like he he's like not not really like he's not fast. He's not quick. He just knows how to like run really precise routes and get open and he has great hands. Uh running are, back wise, Tevin Tevin is still on the team. Jeff Wilson, and then we can talk to Neil about uh, usage. Yeah, who you know, Neil's got a, a very close relationship with him. I know Nick Bose is your boy. <laughs> God, did Bosa you see the Bosa's. contract his brother signed? Crazy. How do you? I didn't know you could guarantee 102 million to a defensive end. Everybody's guaranteeing everything these days. <laughs> so the guy they that that Javon Kinlaw guy they got from South Carolina, he's an absolute specimen, mountain of a man. Um, you know, they had the trade with the Colts this offseason. Well, okay, a couple names I got we gotta we gotta talk about. One, Marquise Goodwin. Abs- a, absolute speedster. He's a, he's I'm not a Goodwin fan. Uh, well, he's completely nebbish. But he's 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 he was a he was a boomer bust fantasy play. He reminds me of, of your boy uh who's the the little outfielder for the Reds that they can't you know you can't steal oh, Billy Ham the ex the ex red Billy Hamilton you can't steal first base oh, that's right you know yeah uh what do we think about George Kittle oh he's a freak he took complete freak uh, it came where was he fifth round draft pick out of Iowa well yeah our friend uh IPC 2.0 in our fantasy league spent like 25 30 dollars on him a couple years ago like well like before well, his, his rookie year before he was good it was his opus that is his opus yeah and then sure enough he turned into just what he you know he he saw around three corners it was crazy um i'm i'm a huge fan of defense man you got Dre greenlaw fred warner's a, a stud uh jimmy ward jaquiski tart probably the best name in the in the league he's a hitter <laughs> Quan Alexander, um, you know, I love it, man. It seems like Richard Sherman has found a little uh, rejuvenation in in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, D Ford, of course, is a. Is I, a I think they overpaid for D Ford. Is a, is I'm a, not a fan. Is a is a bad dude. Um, I, I this was predate Shanny, but do you remember their linebacking core oh. uh, with Patrick Willis in the middle? I think they had Ahmed Brooks. Uh, Ahmad Brooks, and then they had uh, the outside. They had the dude that was that was like Mr. Domestic Violence, DUI. Uh, Alden Brown, Alden Smith, Alden Smith. Actually, we can ask Neil. Neil saw him have a nap one time. <laughs> Absolutely loaded. Uh, God, that that guy's a predator. Like he's on and <laughs> off the field. Well, I know he, but I know it, it, like he's got 
he's not a not a good human. No, and, and he's got some serious issues. So I almost feel bad like laughing at the at his expense. But um, I God, I feel like there was another linebacker even on that on that team because I think Alden, I think they put him on the on that. He was like an edge rusher almost. Yeah, um, yeah, I, he was a he was a a three four guy I think. Um, oh, they had uh, yeah they had uh, the the guy from. Um, Penn State, Navarro Bowman. That's it. Yeah. That, God, that he was, was a beast too. That was a bad linebacking core there. Uh, Patrick Willis was maybe the baddest dude of all time. They had that. They had that trash receiver Crabtree. <laughs> um, Joe yeah. Staley, Mike Iupati, or that was like that the Alex Smith teams, right? It was kind of like between like, Alex Smith and and then. Uh, like end of was Singletary before Harbaugh, yeah. I feel like it was like the end of the Singletary era. Maybe Might have the even been first like first year with Harbaugh. Singletary, then Mike Nolan, then Harbaugh. Yeah. Remember when Mike Nolan wanted to wear the tie? <laughs> <laughs> he was a he was a he was a capital S serious <laughs> football man. Um, oh God. Uh, yeah, Shanny though, Shanny Lowkey, he might be in my top three coaches right now oh, in the league sure. right for sure um i would i would take shan i would it would probably be sean payton shanny i mean i'm still taking hoodie i'm i can't wait yeah. to see what hoodie does with newton you know he's got something to prove his this whole year. fucking team is opting <laughs> out <on>. too <laughs> he probably loves it, <laughs> it like i i bet i bet hoodies yeah but even the quote-unquote special teams aces <laughs> are opting out uh, it, he's just—it's a challenge. I mean, didn't uh, next man didn't up? Didn't Sony Michelle just opt out? Did he? I think so. I, their whole like defensive secondary opted out. Seemed like it's they crazy. opted out. Chung, yeah. yeah, everybody. Like, if I'm being honest, it doesn't seem like like the I, like I keep expecting baseball to shut down any day. Like, how is how are they going to play football at all? Um, yeah, you, you're a Peyton guy. I thought you didn't like Peyton. No, I don't like the Saints, and I think Peyton's a scumbag. But I think he's like. One of the top five greatest coaches of all time. So Peyton, I mean, I think this is a big year for McVay. Kind of a prove it year, right? Yeah, I mean, I think McVay. There's I, like I don't know. I don't know if I'm comfortable putting him in like a top three discussion by well, any means. I think Homeboy fucked up the cap so bad out there with you know the early golf re-signing, and then although you know maybe now they look smart for doing that before all True. these massive ones got on the books. I mean, shit, we even talked about. The Patrick Mahomes contract. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I well, and there you go. Andy Reid. Like I yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, Andy Reid might be the might be the king right now. Yeah. Uh God, I love talking like coaches and wide receivers and like skill guys in the oh uh we, we, I'm getting ready for our well, fantasy funny, football the, auction. The Falcons used to uh the Falcons used to be in the same division as the 49ers. That was always like wild growing up in Atlanta before the before baseball realigned. The the Braves were in the same division. They were in the NL West. Yeah, with because uh, the Reds were in the NL West the too. Yeah, yeah. And then you had the Braves, the Reds. Uh, I'm trying to think who else was in. Well, all the West Coast teams, of course. And then yeah. I think um, uh, were the the car because the Cardinals and the Cubs might have been in the East. I was thinking about that the other day randomly. I don't. I don't know why, but yeah, that was wild. And, uh, but I just always remember the, like the the you know Niners would come to town every year, so we would go to the dome every year and 
you know, go watch, go watch the Niners. It, it was it, it was Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, and then and then in the dome. But yeah, um, you know, and then the and then the divisions, you know, changed and all that. So the 49ers, mm, I would say top three uniform in the NFL. Yes, I absolutely. love love those uniforms. I love the white, uh, especially. Um, the Giants. I don't. I don't really have a ton to add on the the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, you know what? I don't really. I'm not a Giants guy. Um, I know you're an Aubrey Huff fan. <laughs> when I hear Aubrey Huff, I think Tampa Bay Rays. I don't think Giants. Sure. Right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the Giants always just seem like they had too many glove first infielders, and then I don't know, just good pitching and like. Yeah, guys, just, I just didn't like when they had Hunter Pence. They just had guys I just didn't care for offensively. They, they patched it together, man. Their their yeah. like streak of three World Series in six years or whatever um, was really impressive. I know you're a big San Jose Sharks guy. Former Miami and Dan Boyle, longtime San Jose Shark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the only real <laughs> person I know from the. I feel like going to a Sharks, Sharks game would be bizarre because it's got to be a bunch of. We should talk to Neil about this. Let's call Neil. Um, yeah, they had a good oh the the Shark Tank is what they call their <laughs> arena. I always like that. All right, we'll 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 call Neil here. Hey, sorry to interrupt. Before we get to uh, the merch star here, I want to thank DraftKings for also sponsoring this episode, of the Trap Draw. Right now, DraftKings is offering, uh, besides of course the PGA Championship, uh, the NBA basketball is back. They're also they're also offering markets on Major League Baseball. All kinds of global soccer leagues, UFC, NHL, and NFL. DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. For the PGA Championship, there are 30% profit boosts for every round. So if you place a pre-round single-market bet, and if that bet hits, your odds are boosted by 30%. TC, that's what we like to call free money. That's about as free as it gets, yeah. I'm... I'm, you know, I want them to do that for uh, the Portland Open as well. I'm, I'm jonesing for them to put up odds for the Portland <laughs> Open. They haven't done it yet. Daring them to. <laughs> uh, so head, head to the app right now. Check out all that they have to offer, including player props, live betting, and so much more. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code NLU when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Just enter code NLU when you sign up. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And now we head uh, to the merch czar. Randall. Hey, Neil. Randall here. How, Randall, how are you? I'm good. I'm uh, TC's on the line as well. You're, you're live on the uh, trap draw. Neil, I'm so thankful that you were able to break away from your busy private golf schedule to join us today. That, that is disgusting, TC. The minute I get just a very generous invite, you know, from anyone in the audience and, and get a taste of the C-suite, you're always quick to jump all over me. Uh, <laughs> But yes, I've enjoyed uh, I've enjoyed some golf in the Northeast. You know what? Sue me. Go ahead, sue me. You know I know the C Suite loves a lawsuit. Well, I, you know I feel bad. You've, you've been rubbing the green a few times now. You got rubbing the green on uh, 
Fisher's Island last month. Mm, so sorry. You got Rub of the Green tomorrow on the creek. Uh, you, I did. You did Hurricane, get the pipe what is it? last week, though. Isaiah? Yeah, Isaiah, Isaiah. I, I think it's Isaiah. That's a good, yeah. Good job, No, Neil. the pipe is totally alleged that I got the pipe. We're, we, You know, that's off the books for sure. I, what's the pipe? <laughs> it's off the books. It's, we can't talk about it. We can't talk about it. Okay. For, for, for the record, uh, the kid was not was not a piping rock, for the record. Okay. Let, uh, let the record state that clearly. Uh, well, how's your game? I know you're excited about your golf game. Well, I was out at Liberty National yesterday. Jesus. Uh, the work, the uh, work hard, play hard capital. Liberty of the world. National. You gonna go uh, play Bayonne too, Neil? No, I I had not played Bayonne. Uh, I'd like. To, I'm kind of curious about it though. But I mean, but you're open and available again. if anybody's got an offer, right? Yeah, seriously. Let me know. Let me know. Uh, but I had a I had a 36 holer yesterday, and it put Essex Bell. Kind of a, I think a bastard Rainer. I think he had his paws on it for a while, and then I think in the uh, 80s or 90s they redid it. And like, yeah, you know, fuck this Rainer guy. Like, we don't need that. You know what I'm saying? Tough. Scene. And uh, I think now they're like, damn it, we shouldn't have done that. Uh, but you, you still see some whiffs of it. So that was a fun track. Um, and then you're playing so, Somerset. Yeah, it was a fun day. yeah uh, Thursday, a little Somerset. Um, so I'm excited. I'm getting a little, little taste of it, you know. And then, and then you're Trying playing to explore and, the Northeast. And then you're playing Hamilton Farms with our friend the Foz. With the Foz, I'm going getting a little cheesecake in. Uh, and I've also played uh, New Jersey National while I've been up here, which is, which is a, it's a fun track. Just kind of, uh, kind of reminded me of uh, the course we grew up on, Tron Dunwoody Country Club. Okay. You know, just kind of good undulation. You know, through some houses, but they're not really cramping your style on the course. Very lush. Uh, fun track. It's the Dunwoody Country Club, right? Shut, shut up, Randy. Shut up, Randy. Uh, uh, well, well, and then, Neil, you need to get out to Hollywood in New Jersey. That place is supposed to be awesome. And then uh, Plainfield and uh, Ridgeview. Well, you, you'd love to hear this. I got a, I got a Sleepy Hollow invite on the books for September. We, we like that. Uh, Columbia, Columbia alumni coming through huge. Uh you know, so love love getting old, up to uh, old Ichabod's place. <laughs> You're a moron. Uh, well, we're talking to you today, not because of your East Coast experience, but because of your West Coast experience. Of course, it's PGA Week. Uh, let me let me start here. What? Where have you enjoyed your golf more, New York or San Francisco? I think the, the short answer there is San Francisco, because uh, back in the in the early days of NLU, you know, Randy, I just, I was a public golf man and I am on record as saying that I think San Francisco of the major metropolitan areas in the United States is the best public golf town this country has to offer. And I'd invite some people to come at me for that take, uh, sure but within the city limits, uh, you've got Presidio, you've got Harding park, which everybody's going to get a good look at this week. Uh, you've got stinking Lincoln, Glen Eagles, and then, you know, you can just head 30 minutes south and hit Sharp Park. There's Crystal Springs. There's all kinds of good, affordable golf. Uh, and one thing I really like about San Francisco is the uh, residence rate. So if you're willing to go to City Hall, uh, and actually they do it, I think, in the pro shop now, uh, and prove that you live there, they have a very, very attractive residence rate um, for Harding specifically. So I think, like, out of state, when I was out there, so I moved in 
at the end of 2016. Um, but it was, I think, 140, 150 bucks to play if you're out of state. And then if you're from California, live in California, it's like 100. And then if you're a resident of the city of San Francisco, it, it was like 60, 65. Um, which is, you know, it's just kind of like, let's look after the locals. Uh, they give you a little card, you know, and it, it just kind of makes you feel like you're kind of getting, uh, you know, with the, with the taxes out there, you're kind of getting what you paid for a little bit, you know, you, well, something's coming back from uncle Sam, which is nice. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you're quite getting all the way there with the taxes. You, no, you certainly are not, but at least it just give me a little taste. Right, Randy? Just a little bit. Just That's all you need. Just a little bit for Bushy. What was that Johnny Miller course you went and played that it was the hardest, least enjoyable place? Oh, that's out in the East Bay. Um, the Bridges. Or something. I think it's The Bridges is the name of it. And that was a sinister place. Very mean-spirited. <laughs> it was like, uh, you know, blind tee shot. Just kind of like, oh, just hit it out over the horizon. And then, you know, it would have like a you know, flat, and then it would drop off, you know, 30 yards. And then the the run out on the hill was rough. So then you'd hit it into the rough. It was like, how am I supposed to know that there's rough? It was just getting punished for good shots with kind of the, uh, I think, the spirit of that place. So that was that's a, that is a tough golf course out there. Presidio was the one you played the most? Yeah. Yeah, when I was there, you couldn't beat the uh, the beers, right? The beer and the super super twilight rate. Yeah, so you try to sneak out, beat the fog, try to get out of work, you know, from your uh, disruptive tech job around two thirty three, and you know, June July, you can squeeze in as many, you know, probably coming down eighteen in the fog. It's real spooky. You got Sutro Tower in the distance. Uh, it's thirty. It was thirty five bucks, two beers for free and a cart and it was just kind of like all right go you know just get out of here go do whatever you want to do out there and try to finish 18 so i did that a bunch i loved it um but harding park was uh, honestly like it's tough to beat a saturday morning grab a push cart and and go walk around that place one thing i love that you guys noticed i think when we played it on tour sauce too is they don't stack the tee times out there so they space them out so i never had issues with slow play at harding park which was a uh an awesome vibe did you ever go out to Harding Park and not play golf? Like do the Tai Chi and the stretching with some of the locals? Uh, I always wanted, well, uh, two things. One, I always wanted to do the rowing in the lake. But I'm not, you know, I wasn't a big crew guy in college. Didn't get along with the rowers at Columbia. Long story there. Don't have to go there. Are they just alphas or what? Yeah, did they? Well, yeah, I, I think we want to yeah, go there. Yeah, I'd love to go there <laughs> no, right now. Honestly, they were kind of, they're kind of baited. But uh, they just didn't like the crew vibe. At, at Columbia. Was there a lax team know? at Columbia? No, there wasn't, which was crucial because we would the football team would have had tons of problems with the with the lax team, and we got along pretty well with the, with the baseball team. So the crew guys were kind of the odd man out. We didn't didn't really mess with those guys. Um, didn't really give them the time of day, I should say. Um, were, were they kind of like weirdos, like swimmers? Yeah, yeah, and kind of you know Adonis looking dudes that kind of think they're tough guys, but you know they're just kind of challenging their own you know personal records all day long so it's like you know they're not going man to man you know in in one-on-one drills or anything so it's kind of like dude you're a complete fluffer like what are we doing here um i would say that bryson has rower vibes a little bit you know he's he's chasing his own prs a little bit uh but 
really doesn't, you know, he doesn't really want to smoke, I don't think. So, uh, but I, I kind of thought that we weren't going to talk golf on this podcast. Is that, did I get that? We, up? we can get golf adjacent. We're not, we, we don't talk PGA tour golf or competitive golf. We can talk about the golf yeah. scene or culture I somewhere. Mean, yeah. Quite honestly, we, you know, I think we fulfilled our quota. Yeah. We can certainly talk a little bit more if you'd like. We definitely, I, I'd like to talk about Sutro Tower personally. Well, hold on. I want to get there, but Randy, to answer to just tie a bow on your question about Harding Park more for the kind of adjacent golf adjacent stuff. I did on New Year's Day one time with my old friend Evan Miller uh, go out and try to go to the gun range that you guys are familiar with that you can hear, you know, in your backswing on fifteen sixteen. Like the police uh, range, a gun right? range. Yeah. Well, no, it's just a it's a gun range. Okay. It's just a it's just a straight up gun range. I'm not sure if it's still there, but uh, across the lake, uh, across Lake Merced, and went in there and was like, yeah, hey man, we want to shoot some guns. Like, you know, I'm not a big gun guy. Don't have a gun. Didn't grow up with them. Don't have a license any of that stuff. And they were just like, yeah, you can't, you know, it's not going to happen, man. Like you got to bring your own gun. So we got kind of backed down like pretty seriously. Uh, so that didn't work out. And then we went south of town to a gun range by SFO. And we went in there and we were like, Hey, like we want to, you know, we want to shoot some guns. And they were like, uh, do you know, like, you know, do you know how to use a gun? And they basically tried to like give me a gun and have me like, take the bullet out you know and i was like uh you know can't do it sorry can't do it and so uh mills and i got back down at that place couldn't shoot any guns but then i went out i went back with my buddy tom who did grow up with guns and he just you know like did the whole like take the bullet out pop it out catch it hand the gun back and they were like cool you know here here's your ammo go and you know shoot some targets uh so that was a, a long-winded way of saying i've tried to get involved in some of the amenities around harding park but uh, I've really only played golf out there. Hey, well, thank you for that. I don't like. I'm not a big gun guy. I, I I'll go hunting, like like a shotgun or a rifle, but yeah, I don't do pistols and all that stuff. They freak me out. I thought, yeah, in part of like going to the Ivy League, you get to do like the most dangerous game type stuff and like hunt people <laughs> for sport. You know, I think that's like the you know the skulls and the Saint A's crowd. You know, like some of the secret society stuff, but. I was I was too busy losing football games. I didn't I didn't really get into that uh, that whole song and dance. But thank you for asking, Randy. Sure. Uh, well, Sutro Tower. I I does it tie in more generally with the skyline? Can we uh, TC? We well, I mean, it was the tallest structure in the city until until the Schwanz Tower got topped off. Is that the pyramid? Until the no, until no until Benioff's phallic uh, Salesforce Tower. <laughs> it now dominates the skyline um so sutro tower is great it's a it's kind of the perfect landmark so wherever you are in the city you kind of see it and it's right like smack dab in the center like up on twin peaks um so so spooky locate yourself Uh, so I, i had that i was thinking about like you know some san francisco notes it's a huge huge infrastructure town oh all the all the infrastructure I, I'd say, you know, if, if we went down the top five, I'd say it's Bay Bridge. So Golden Gate Bridge gets all the all the love, all the pictures, all the good stuff. But the Bay Bridge is like, you know, the infrastructure lover's favorite bridge, right? You got two spans. You've got an island in the middle. It's a blue-collar looking bridge. They've got some... Those, that, those lights things some, they did were awesome, Yeah, they, too. Got, they got an art installation on it. There's like some bad 
steel work and some cement cracking on the new span. So you got a little bit of a scandal going on there. You got some old, you know, the double deckers collapsing during the earthquake. I just feel like the, the Bay Bridge has all the drama and it's got kind of just a lot going on. A more complex, you know, piece of infrastructure. So I'm a Bay Bridge guy. Alcatraz oh, God. is so, it lives up to the hype. And I think you guys, we went together, actually, uh, on Tron on your bachelor party. We did the sunset tour of Alcatraz. I've been out there four times. Every single time, I love it. I cannot get enough of Alcatraz. You know where it's I can't get enough of, Neil? So I can't good. get enough of, of the house of prime rib where Randy got back down. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. We, we are going to come to that. I don't want to sidetrack Neil off his off his infrastructure rankings. But I will say, Neil, I that's the only time I've been to Alcatraz, that sun that sunset tour we did and I, I'm with you. I, I'm not, I, I was, it's so far exceeded my expectations. Maybe one of the most pleasant surprises of my life. I'm not the biggest like, you know, tour guided tour. No, I'm not guy, either. Exactly. Right? And it was just, it's so good because you can kind of stick with the tour, but you can go off and lock yourself in a cell, you know, and act like you're taking a shit in there and like you get the whole experience. Like, and then you get the views of the, of the city. Gorgeous. It's unbelievable. It's so good. So anybody that's thinking about visiting San Francisco or if you live there, I knew a lot of guys that I lived out there with that never been to Alcatraz. And I was always just a complete brand ambassador for, for Alcatraz and the National Park Service out and there. Find a good so tour guide. Yeah, find a good ranger. Yeah. Ranger Bob. They handle their business. 100%. Neil, I, I Remember think... when a, the guy showed us the where the rock, like yeah. all the, the scenes, they're like, he's like, hey, come down here, I'll show you where they filmed some of the scenes from the rock. Yeah. So good. Um, so, so, going back to Sutro Tower, Sutro Tower was... was well, hold on. It was because the TV... Off, it's on my list. I want to get... I got, I got a couple more. The I mean, three on my Neil, list this is, is Neil, this is your show. <laughs> we we, we were going to get to the bridges silos. after, after no, 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 Sutro. No. The missile silos in the Marin Headlands, it's just good old-fashioned coastal defenses. I would encourage people to go check those out. That's some of the best infrastructure, old-school infrastructure around. Um, and then you've got the Ocean Beach, Seawall, and the Cliff House. Randy, Barbarian Days, mm. maybe the best surfing book out there. Hell yeah. There's, there's an underground surf culture in San Francisco that I knew absolutely nothing about until I read that book. But I spent a lot of time riding my bike out to Ocean Beach and watching the surfers. Complete alphas in the water out there. So if you haven't read that book, check it out. But Will, William Ocean Finnegan. Beach is just so good. It's one of the best books I've ever read. And the Ocean Beach vibe, it's like a whole other town once you get out in the you know outer Richmond, outer Sunset District, which is going to be on the west side of Sutro Tower. Um, and then you've got the Presidio, which we talked about a little bit, but there's some art installations, like some nature art by this guy, Andy Goldsworthy, where he's taken like logs and made like really long, like snake designs and he's done spires. And so really good hiking and stuff in Presidio. And then last on my list is Sutro Tower. TC, this is for you. I am 100% convinced that there is some type of bunker or something super covert or crazy underneath Sutro Tower. I've taken a, multiple hikes up there and there's this big like cement pad that's like got a 12 foot barbed wire fence. It's in the trees. It's kind of like, I mean, off wouldn't the you have trail to a little put bit. in a massive cement pad to support like one of the largest? No. So it's not right under the suit. It's not right under the tower. The tower is like up higher on the hill, but then like built into the hill is this like golden eye James Bond looking huh. spot, like kind of in the trees. 
and it there you know there's no markings it's just kind of like a you know step off there's cameras everywhere very unassuming i think there's some kind of like serious bunker under that place so that's that's what you know sutro tower is it's, I think it's a great landmark, and I think there's a lot more than meets the eye underneath that thing. What What is Sutro Tower? Is it just so, antennas? Yeah, so that there's like historically shitty uh, TV reception in San Francisco, so they built it in the 70s mm. to, to, to help fix that. According to this, it says that it's grounded in 15 million pounds of concrete, the legs. So, Well, it was also, it's named after what, Adolphus Sutro? I think he was like a the one of the uh, you know Leland Stanford's boys, silver, silver guy that also I think he also he had a big uh, estate up there, house. right? Yeah, he built the cliff house too, the one that burned down with like the the Sutro baths and all that stuff out there. Um, so he was kind of like an early robber baron in San Francisco. People were freaking sure, out last think... year because one of the antennas came down, but I guess it was just technical upgrade. But it looked totally uh, out of symmetry. So I lived in the same place out in San Francisco on Baker McAllister for uh, the five, five and a half years I was there. And I had this like, you know, shitty back deck where I used to smoke bogeys and hang out. And uh, I had the perfect view of Sutro Tower, just like right over the cypress trees in, in Golden Gate Park. And then it would just kind of like appear and the fog's rolling in in the afternoon. It was very, uh, it makes me very nostalgic to think about the, uh, the setup on that back porch. Um, for, for a lot of reasons, but Sutro Tower is a uh, a very memorable landmark in my San Francisco days. Go on, all right, going back to bridges, I think this the Golden Gate Bridge is underrated because it, it also has a tunnel on the other side. It's like a tunnel leading that's, into a bridge. That's, that's sick. fair. That's that's fair. And but it sometimes TC, snows what, out there, right? But TC, what you're failing to realize is uh, the Bay Bridge is, has uh, double decker on one side. And it also has a tunnel through Treasure Island. That's There's true. a small tunnel that goes into the other span. And I just think that the the, the other thing with the uh, Bay Bridge is you've just got like tons of oil tankers sitting out there waiting to get into the harbor at Alameda. Like there's a lot of action going on at the Bay Bridge that doesn't get a lot of attention. Um, I mean, the Golden Gate's the Golden Gate. It's great. You know, come on. Like no one likes the Golden Gate more than me. But I'm a Bay Bridge guy. I'm a Bay Bridge guy. The Golden Gate was breathtaking. The the park it 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 shows well. I will say that the commission was puking his brains out. <laughs> Is that the place That's to go right. to get to get the selfies in the in the in the Instagram? So that would be the Marin Headlands up where the missile silos are up in the hills on the other side. And Randy, I think we stopped up there for it might have been for the commission to puke, or we may have stopped farther down the road. Uh, but there's, I, I actually did a photo shoot up there in the early NLU days with my uh, buddy, Ryan Murphy, a little sunset, you know, get the NLU hat, get the wayward drive point over the bridge. Uh, it's a, it's a very photogenic spot up there on that side of the, uh, on the Marin side of the bridge. So bridge wise, you, you have not mentioned, uh, the North Bay bridges, the Zampa. Well, the Richmond bridge Bridge is great. There's the Richmond bridge which is really skinny. Uh, it's not, it's not really fun to drive on. And, you know, you, I, they're just, I mean, they're kind of second tier bridges. I don't know what you want me to say, CC. And then the one down South. <laughs> well, no, the Richmond one is Causeway. sick too, because you've got, you've got that one and it's right next to San Quentin, the, the big house. Mm. 
that's true. San Quentin. Uh, is that a I mean, max security? Yeah, I mean, that's like, that's the, the oh. federal town in the ass, like, biggest prison in, in California, I, I think. I think it's a state, you know, it's a state prison. Mm. It's, yeah, it's heavy it's not, duty it's up there. It's not federal. It's, uh, yeah, they're, they're doing all sorts of stuff up there. Uh, Both the Richmond Bridge and then the ones down south, the, uh, I think San Mateo and the, um, I can't remember the, there's two, like, very, very causeway-like bridges. When you fly into SFO, you usually fly right over them when you land. And, you know, they look kind of like more like the Florida Keys type bridges where they're just really flat. And then in the middle of the bay, they they kind of rise up. But there's not a ton of shipping going on down there. Um, it, it, it's just, you know, it's, they're not as exciting. Well, you know, well, no, as, but the two, they're not as easy on the eyes. The two up by, um, I believe it's eight, I-80 and then I-680 or 580. Uh, coming down from Napa, like when you're coming down back down to the airport, either to Oakland or SFO, you cross over these and they're, you know, over the, uh, I think one's the Carquinez bridge and then the other one's the Zampa bridge. And you cross over those, they're pretty like, uh, you know, th- those are pretty big cliffs on either side. And then it's always interesting because you have the United States reserve fleet there. You guys know what I'm talking about? Well, that's that's where, yeah, that not at all. They used to make all the uh, they made all the battleships up there during World War II. Not all of them. They made a lot in Brooklyn too. Well, they've got a, a big uh, shipyard. Of, well, and now they're all just tied up together, and like there's there's like hundreds of them, and they're just tied up together. And in case we need them for whatever, we just put them back into service. But I guess they're polluting like crazy. They just ooze off all sorts of chemicals and stuff into the bay. It's not good. Well, a, a couple other, one other infrastructure thing, you mentioned tunnels. There's an awesome tunnel in the East Bay. I don't know the, uh, the name, but it's to get through the kind of the hills uh, above Oakland and Berkeley into the kind of East Bay, like um, San Ramon, um, Orinda area. And there's like three tunnels. And so like during rush hour, the middle tunnel will go, you know, into the city and then in, in the afternoon it will go out. But on one of the tunnels, there was a gnarly fire. And then they built the third tunnel just so they kind of had an extra one. And now with, like, traffic and everything, you got, like, you know, heavy flow going through all three. But you can still see the burn marks coming out the sides of the one tunnel. So every time you go into it, you're like, holy shit. Like, what if, you know, what if it catches on fire again? You know what I mean? It's like daylight with Sylvester Stallone. Like, you just start thinking through all the uh, all the bad things that can go wrong in the tunnel. And the tunnel is like on a hill, kind of like the ones in Colorado, like the Eisenhower Tunnel when you're going uphill. So you're on this incline the whole time or you're coming downhill the whole time, which is always another little variable in a tunnel that disorients you. Uh, so that's good infrastructure, TC. I think you'd like that. What's up with uh, – what's is, is Treasure Island a military base? And, and like Yerba Buena Island, are there, there's, is it a military base? That's the one that, that the Bay Bridge connects on, right? Yeah, I think it used to be. It's not anymore. Now there's a bunch of like, uh, you know, bohemian like art galleries out there, and they do a concert, uh, a big. Well, they used to do a big festival out on Treasure Island. Um, so it's kind of like a lot of the best land in San Francisco it used to be military. Kind of got decommissioned. Same with Alameda was the big, the, I think the big military base that in the Presidio. I think Alameda still has a little bit of a military thing going on, and that's, but now and it's that's more the just like port, a shipping. Right? That's the big port, yeah. Like Oakland's got most and then of the, the airports uh, south shipping. of that. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, and then Oakland Airport's just south of that, which is also where the 
the A's and the Warriors until this year played down there. That's a, um, what do you think about the Warriors moving into San Francisco? I mean, you got to strike while the iron's hot, right? Like that's it's it, you know modern NBA franchise probably. I don't know, behind the Knicks, maybe the most valuable NBA franchise right now. Uh, that I don't was blame such for, a cool... Finding a, that game a we went home. to there, was that but, was such a had, cool arena. Yeah, they had such a good fan base there. They were loud. Well, hold on. Were... You see, the Oracle Arena was a tough scene in the upper deck. The I mean, it was roof, a total dump, but it was so the, loud and, and flat I never understood ceiling. the like uh, engineering. Like the roof, it's a bowl, you know, or it's a circle, like a cylinder. And the roof angles down. So if you're in the upper deck, you can't see anything. And so my roommate at the time, Paul Connors, and I went to the season opener against the Clippers back in like 2013. And we're sitting behind the basket in the upper deck. And, you know, we're with a bunch of diehards up there. We're just hyped to be there. And they decided to, to, to you know, the marketing team decided to bring out like uh, these like miniature bridges. But they weren't miniature. They're like really big and like blown up. And then after, like, the starting five gets announced and the fireworks go off, they floated the bridges just thinking, like, up into the ceiling. Like, oh, they'll just be out of the way. Well, they completely blocked – that's how slanted the ceiling was. They completely blocked the upper deck view. And I swear, these diehard fans were going absolutely insane. Like, nobody could see anything for, like, the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And then on the timeout, they start, like, the guys in the catwalks are trying to, you know, deflate these – bridges that it was a complete <laughs> disaster the whole first half was just like kind of a wash we didn't really see much i think it was uh but i did get one of those free you know fan appreciation shirts that i still i still have in my room uh sponsored by uh i think the local bmw joint actually which is kind of cool can we get um, you on the record anyway are you a kd guy or not uh, I am a KD guy. Hell yeah. yes. I, He's a fluffer. I, I'm a big KD guy. He's an absolute oh, generational talent. Beta. and The slim reaper. I think TC's, what I would say is, just like us, he cares what people think of him. And he, sometimes he gets butthurt online. And I would say that sometimes you get butthurt online. I never you know? get butthurt online. He, Other he people get butthurt at me at online. Well, you know, I think he probably reads his mentions a little too much. He's got a lot burner accounts. KD. And, uh, but what have you heard? I haven't heard a peep out of KD in like the last six to nine months, which is, which is kind of good. I think he, that's he might be in the lab. That's because he's trying a to get beta to Kyrie up there, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think KD, I don't think he's a beta. I think he's just kind of like, man, I, I, uh, I, don't, I can kind of just do whatever I want. He's kind of, so you are know, you going to make his own his own story? Are you not a Draymond guy? No, I'm a huge Draymond guy. Like love, to, I feel like you can't be a Draymond guy and a KD guy. No, I feel like you can be, but maybe those guys, if those guys don't want to play together, like that's up to them. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't have to really pick a side. Neil, like, I, it, it I love it. Why do I have to pick a side? Just because those fucking idiots can't get along? <laughs> that's not my problem. I, you know, I'm with like, you. They. That- they they lost perspective. Cool. KD, maybe he lost perspective. But at the same time, maybe it's like, cool, I, I did what I wanted to do here in the Bay Area. I want to get back to the East Coast. As someone that moved out West, you know, chasing chasing dreams of gold and all kinds of, you know, tech glory, I wanted to move back to the East Coast. So maybe he wanted to get back to the East Coast. He's, I, I think KD is a pretty cerebral guy. I think he, outside of basketball, has some, some stuff he's thinking about. Neil, Neil you know? I, I know I know you, you were going to – you were 
primed for the PGA Championship this week because I know you already subscribed to ESPN Plus because you're big into all those KD shows they do, the boardroom and all that bullshit. Some of that stuff is stinky. Also, like his, you know, 25 podcasts with Bill Simmons, like, was a little was a little too much. You know, some of it, KD's a little too deep in the. Uh, he's a little extra. He named himself the, the chosen in, one. Uh, I know. In the, in the uh, brand building, you I, know, but I haven't. But my point, my point was, I haven't seen a lot of that in the last nine months, and maybe I'm just not paying attention. But I feel like maybe. I think people go through that where they're like, cool, I got to do this. I got to build the personal brand. I got to like, you know, uh, be this like extra larger than life figure. And then they kind of realize like, wait, actually maybe that's like not what I should be doing. And I should just like get healthy. And, and now I got a fresh start and I can hoop in Brooklyn. Like that seems like a pretty good setup for him to play in Brooklyn. Once he's healthy with Kyrie, like that's tough to turn down. You know what I mean? And, like, maybe it's like, yeah, I don't really want to play with this guy, Draymond, who's, like, in my fucking ass all the time. Draymond, the, tra- the biggest get- dog. The biggest dog in the NBA, He I is. Think. He is. And that's a that's a gift and a curse, right? Like, yeah. as a fan of Absolutely. the Warriors, like, you like that. But as a teammate, I bet that would get really old. That guy is just always yapping, <laughs> you know? But always. It's I like, see a lot of myself. Up, dude. <laughs> I'm a, also, I'm a clay theist. This, man. I'm a big clay theist. Huge Clathius, uh, but I'm a huge Draymond guy. But I also think that Draymond, like from from the game that Paul and I went to in 2013, like he was backing up Carl Landry, right? And then Carl Landry got hurt, and he starts getting minutes. And then David Lee gets hurt, and Draymond starts getting more minutes. And then he just makes this like crazy jump. Like he, he gets a hold on the starting lineup, and he doesn't give it back, which is awesome. Like that's all hard work. I think that guy has taken so many performance enhancers, and I'll say that. Like, they're not testing for him, but, dude, if you watch him in, like, 2014, 2015, that, that Warriors run, he is so much more explosive than he was when he first came in the league. Like, stupid explosive, getting to the hoop. He's, like, six six, and he's just boarding over everybody, and he's got more energy than anybody out there. Like. But- don't you that know, that might just like be his commercial. Uh, yeah, don't that might just be his prime. I mean, listen, I Dude, I think maybe, everybody's maybe. taking everything. That's what I think too, and I think he's the perfect like for me, the perfect example. I, and I I know this is going to come across like I'm dogging him, but like I think everybody's on everything like you do. Yeah. But that's kind of like the Lance Nike commercial, like what am I on? You know, I'm on my bike. You know, and with Draymond, it's like, "No, I'm just a fierce competitor." It's like, "Yeah, and you're also fucking juicing." <laughs> Like, but if everybody's juicing, you know, then who cares? If everybody's juicing, nobody's yeah. juicing. Right? I want to give a that, shout out to Carl Landry. Carl Landry was I good. I'm hundred percent with you both on that take. Like, I'm cool with it. You know, like if I was, if it's, you know, millions and millions of dollars are at stake, and I got this one chance. Like, I got a this my prime, and no one's testing for it. Like, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. But I just remember thinking, like, God, like he his game like transformed into this like. He just got really explosive in like a one to two year period. Maybe he was, was on Dunk Watch. Well, so well, maybe. He, well, okay. I, let me play the little devil's advocate. Is he moved into an NBA strength and conditioning program? Probably a whole new eating regimen. I mean, I, I th- and then with the amount of games they're playing, like obviously, Randy, like you he sound puts like such Bonucci a well. I know he just puts such a toll on his body and though, his, and the fact that he's he's. He's starting with an open stance is the reason he hit 50 homers. God, Luis Gonzalez you know? is the ultimate like like that's 
that come on man like i i i'm with you it's not so much like you know he's juicing like barry bonds balco style it's more the recovery stuff i think these guys are able to explode especially draymond like night after night on back-to-backs you know three games and four nights it was like this is ridiculous like how how are they how is he recovering i mean look at rodman rodman was Robin was going to Vegas and doing all sorts of stuff, and he was jumping out of the building every night. He well, and that was the joke yeah, with that's the joke that's with LeBron. That's a pretty good take. But but isn't that the joke with LeBron the last few years? Was like he's going to come down with like a two week, three week long hiatus, hiatus in the back half of the season, and then you know he's back a couple weeks before the playoffs start, and then he's he's Superman again. I I, I mean, he's I agree with take you. Take an unmarked bird to Germany and, and do a little cycle. Yeah, like the, then, the, these guys are the best of the best athletes in the world, and the amount of travel and wear and tear they put on their bodies, that that's why I get back to everybody's on everything. And, 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 and then you get into the, the Warriors being into all sorts of cutting-edge methods for all this maybe shit. Maybe still running right? back yeah, with the Balco boys. I think there's something to be said for that. I really do. And I'm a... I'm a <clears throat> Warriors fan, you know, I got out there and one thing about San Francisco and the West Coast in general, but specifically I was out there and like didn't really have a ton of friends, you know, for the first six, nine months at, you know, 7 p.m. Everyone on the East Coast is asleep. There's nothing on TV. I start watching Warrior games like every night. It kind of became a little routine. And so I got into them in the, like the last couple of years of Mark Jackson and they just start watching these guys just take off. And so I was following it like really closely there for three, four years. And I mean, I, and I don't have a, I don't have a problem with the, like the recovery stuff. So like, I, I feel like I'm dogging these guys or maybe I'm like throwing accusations around. I'm definitely throwing they're, accusations. They're definitely around. accusations. This is all alleged. All 100%. Yeah, everything's alleged. Everything's alleged. But like the recovery stuff, it's like that to me is almost like, yeah, they should be doing that. Like that's, it's an entertainment that's product. kind of like the, yeah, you absolutely like like I can't imagine not trying to recover to the best of my abilities, even if it's like, you know, non FDA approved or something, right? I I think the steroids to like bulking is a little bit different. Does well, that make sense? Uh, no, Am it I does. Face with that? I no, I don't think so. I I think the most interesting is just the Bay Area being such a traditional hotbed for you All know designer <laughs> substances. Yeah. I, I yeah, yeah I mean, speaking of which, Neil, did you ever go to a Giants game or, or uh, yeah. a Niners game? Yeah, a bunch of them. I went to uh, two games at Candlestick. Complete dump. Absolute <laughs> shit show. One of the worst parking and uh, post-game experiences yeah. in pro sports. These are Niners one games at Candlestick? or Yeah, or, Niners okay. game at Candlestick. One way in, one way out. It's cold. It sucked. The Niners weren't any good at that time. <laughs> They got beat by the Giants with Eli Manning, and it took literally, I'm not kidding, like 90 to 100 minutes to get out of the out of the parking lot. It's one way in, one way out. And then the first game I went to, I rode public transit there. So it's Bart. buses. You basically take this shitty BART. You know, BART's not bad, but you I love take the BART. BART to like, Sean, you remember how it was at Turner Field where you had to get off MARTA and get on a bus? <laughs> take another shuttle, yeah. Yeah, it was awful. So it was that. And, 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 so and for a while, they made you go through underground Atlanta to get to yeah, the shuttle. Yeah, and so it was just this horrible transfer experience. And then getting out of the game, same thing. It, and, and what clouds everything is that the fog rolls in at Candlestick, or it used to when it was still there. And the wind starts whipping, and it's just really cold, and you're kind of like, you know, dull drunk, you know? 
And you're like, ah, like, I guess maybe I should take a piss, but I'm not gonna, I'll just, ah, well, I'm leaving, whatever. And then you get on this bus and you're just packed in and it sucks, man. And then you, and then the bus, the same thing with the bus is stuck in traffic too, right? So now you're just sitting, it's like an hour to get, that's just to get to the bar. How and far south does BART take you? So it takes you to, uh, I mean, Candlestick was legit closer to SFO than it was to the city. So I don't, for, you know, people listening that aren't from San Francisco, we're talking like 20 minutes south of the city. So it's outside, like the outer Excelsior, like outside the mission, which is the southern neighborhood of San Francisco proper, probably. So it's South San Francisco, the, the industrial part of town. And so you got to go to BART, the one that you would take to the airport and get on over there. And then you take that down to the city center, which also sucks. I mean, like San Francisco, like whether you like it or not, it's a complete shit flows down city. So like all like the, you know, market street and like all the flat areas, it's like a tough scene. Right. And then if you're like, I used to tell people that would visit, like, if you feel like uncomfortable, go walk uphill. And then every block you go uphill, it just gets nicer and nicer and nicer until you get, you know, up top to the, uh, you know, the Fairmont Hotel, the shower, the shade, the feel of the suit. Like, it just, it, it, it never fails. Like, just start walking uphill and things get better. But the BART runs through Market Street, which is like, you know, sea level, basically. And then you got to get off that and, you know, get on the five bus. And that'll take me up to the Panhandle area, which is where I lived. So that was a you know two-hour process to get from the stadium to my place. And then you get home, and you're like, man, I don't want to do that again. Like, I do not want to go to, to a pro sporting event. Like, that was not fun, and I am, you know, I'm not happy right now. So I think them – I don't blame the Niners for moving south to San Jose. Like, I get why they did that. Like, it wasn't a good fan experience to Candlestick. The, the worst I've ever missed a flight was I was in Berkeley – and I I was flying out of SFO, and I got on the BART. I thought I'd given myself plenty of time. I missed my flight by literally an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> just nothing wrong with the BART. Just <laughs> just totally misjudged the amount of stops. What do you stops. do when that happens? I, it, you know, you get a little nervous, but then because I missed it so badly, it was like it was just a joke. Yeah, it hits you when you, you get you – get- <laughs> you get to the mission, you're like, oh, we're not even close. I'm looking at the map. Like, not even, yeah. Six more stops. Uh, yeah, like, not even close. I've only, missed, I've only missed two flights ever. Uh, one was I will totally this, my though, fault. One the other one was did, Neil's fault. The one thing that did shape my San Francisco experience was right when I got to town and uh, at the end of 2012, Uber started in San Francisco. And I can only imagine, like, I talked to some people that had been living there for two or three years, and it used to be like, Oh, you, you want to go out, you want to go, you know, from your place in Pacific Heights and you want to go down to the Marina or you want to go to the mission, like call a cab and then hope the guy shows up, but he probably won't. Or you could walk, which is, you know, the hills are crazy. So you're just like, what about the cable like, cars? Yeah, no, man, those, those are all for show. <laughs> right. Or yeah. Or you get on a bus and that that's always kind of a crapshoot if you got, some, you know, tweakers on there but in the early days of uber out there they started getting flooded just flooded with cheap money so the rides were so inexpensive like they were like literally giving away uber rides to get users so for the first two years like 2013 2014 you're basically just like gallivanting around around town in ubers you know for like 
$3, you know, just like, and then when they rolled out like Uber pool and all these like new, like, like products that they were trying to test out, they would just subsidize them all. So, you know, for the three, four years there, it was just like, they weren't a real business. Like when Kalnick was running the joint, it was just like all potential. Right. So the, you know, the benefit of that was like, yeah, man, I'm going to definitely take like, this is great. And then, you know, obviously they go public and now it's like a real business. So it's not the same anymore, but that was like, that was like before surge pricing, like all this stuff was, it was like uh, a complete sweepstakes getting a ride around town, which was awesome. It sounds like, uh, you know, some dumping and some, some, you know, shady market, uh, dynamics in play even no yeah it honestly it wasn't it was more just like they were so flush with cash and they just needed to prove the model so badly that they were like paying the drivers a ton too like when no i know that's what i'm saying like they're dumb they're 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 just undercutting everybody (laughs) yeah 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 and they all then there was this whole for like a year the the lyft versus uber wars you know they're like riding like there's billboards like on trucks rolling around town just like both companies dissing each other like it was a, a total sweepstakes. The billboards are always fascinating to me when you when you go from the airport on the 101 or what's the other one the the 205 280. or 280 yeah uh like yeah. like up up north to the city and it's all like the cloud computing like you know all these massive companies I've never even heard of before have these cheeky billboards on both of those and it's all you know all sorts of of, yeah, it's everything as a service, infrastructure yeah. as a service, you know, communication as a service, <laughs> like the new, you know, the new default for your cloud computing needs. Uh, it, it was like, oh, I guess they just got to venture around the funding. Uh, you know, it was like, uh, it was a total sweepstakes for from 2012 to when I left in 2016, 2017. Like, there's just a ton of money rolling around out it, there. And so... You could take advantage, you know, it's like sometimes as a consumer, it was awesome, right? Like you, you just totally, but then you get sick of the whole, you know, we're the Uber of this, we're the Instagram of that. Like everybody, nothing's new. It's all just people repurposing like a model that works for some other industry. Like, you know, like Blue Apron, for instance, like I had roommates that were like, they signed up for Blue Apron and then I get just got freaking dry rice all over my apartment for like six months because they're just trying to make these like nine course meals and they suck at it and then they just leave everything out so like i got a bad taste in my mouth with blue apron uh all right i got i got two things here yeah levi's stadium just to tie up the the stadiums here Mm -hmm. does levi's stadium just suck is it just a vanilla totally soulless one of the one of the most absolute corporate soulless you know it's it's perfect in in san jose then i feel like it's san jose randy it's it is so like it looks like a spaceship. Like one side is just all glass and all you know boxes, and on the top they have this like you know space deck where you can look down up there. And the other side just bakes in the sun, which is all the season ticket holders. And so it's like really hot in San Jose, and then the sun. Of course, they build that side of the stadium on the east side. So as the sun is setting in an afternoon game, people are just getting sunburned over there. Like, you know, all the, but they don't want to put glare on the, you know, corporate boxes. Right. So they're in the shade. Everybody's happy on that side. And they're because one full side of the stadium is pretty much just glass. They just, it's, there's no, it's not a, you know, you can't like, if you're sitting in the season, the like fan side, the local side, it's like, there's just no vibe. You know, you're just like, it looks like you're staring at a cruise liner across from you. 
And is it like architecturally awesome? Sure. You know, is there good food? Like they got all these chefs and like the marketplace under the stadium. And if you get a VIP ticket, let me give you, I'll give you a quick one here. I was trying to leave my job at this tech startup. I was at GigaOM and I took a like call with a recruiter to work at ADP, the human resources company. You guys know them? Sure. Yeah. Their biggest payroll, you know, complete yeah. monolith, right? Like selling payroll software. So they're like, cool. That makes sense because you're our a... director of HR too. Exactly. That's so I was like, cool, I'll, you know, I'll, I take a call with the recruiter. It's great. Uh, hey, we have this, uh, you know, we're 49ers event. Come down to the stadium, you know, come to the game. We got a, we got a box and, and, you know, they meet and greet. Right. And I go down there and it's just like, it, it's just a, you know, VIP sweepstakes, right. Where you go, if you have the VIP ticket, you're down under the stadium going to, you know, I don't think it's Colicchio, but name the chef, right. He's got a restaurant. Like you've got a restaurant. It's kind of like a, they should have a restaurant <laughs> right at, at the Venetian. Like you just feel like, Oh my God, I got to get some chicken wings over here and I got to get this. And then, and then cool. Let's take the elevator to the top deck. And then we'll stand up here in these like Ben garden type spots with every like, you know, corporate sponsor has their own little like walled off garden area to like withstanding tables and then you're like so high up though that you're looking down on the game from like the all 22 angle but you don't feel like you're in the stadium you feel like you're in the blimp right so like yeah i guess that's cool but i also like don't feel like i'm at the game anymore you know so it's just very soulless is, is the my, was my takeaway from the experience um and then i and tc then i went with dad because dana bible was coaching with chip kelly and so we got tickets and then we sat in like the you know, basically the seats on the the sunny side uh, in a, I think it was a preseason game. Um, and we just baked in the sun. And that was also kind of like a, you know, <laughs> afternoon game. Like this sucks, Kenny Rogers like, Roasters. Let's stand, yeah, let's go stand in the shade, man. Like dad got sunburned. So, he, you know, Uncle Ken came with us. And he's like, hey, man, it's hot out here, man. Like, God. You know, like, why did they build it? Why did they build it the other way around? Like, he, Uncle Ken was the one. He's he's a carpenter. He's like, why do why don't they switch the stadium? Why aren't the boxes on this? Side? I'm always you know, just blown away at how shield. at how like aggro and like blue collar the uh, the Niners fans are too. Like, you always ascribe, you know, San Francisco and and kind of especially like the South Bay to being super, you know, kind of super techie and all that. And like, you go to a Niners game and it's just it's like straight up, like. <laughs> bare knuckle brawls out in the parking lot. Oh, no, it's the, it's the bang, bang Niner gang. I mean, you need to bring Poosh on to talk about that stuff. Uh, but yeah, it, that uh, candlestick, like on that, when I was talking about that bus that I took. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, dude, there were these big Polynesian dudes and like they're causing an absolute ruckus on this bus and everybody is, you know, totally squeezed in, you know. And the other thing, like, so compared to New York, I always felt like, in New York, if someone's, like, acting up on a subway or, like, a bus, a lot of times, like, people, like, kind of, like, police themselves was, it's kind of my experience. Like, hey, like, we're not doing that. Like, you know, it kind of, like, as a group, like, just you, knock you, it you off. out of here. Yeah, a little bit. Like, people, like, aren't scared to be, like, yo, like, you know, shut the fuck up kind of thing. But in San Francisco, like, people just, like, you know, a little bit more, like, passive, like, no one's going to say anything. And so this group of, like, you know, blue collar Niner fans are just like just screaming obscenities basically in this bus, you know? And then like somebody speaks up and then it's like, all right, now we're going to brawl on the bus. And the bus driver <laughs> had to stop 
you know, and then these guys just like pile off the bus and it's like, what am I witnessing here? You know what I mean? It's like, this was, that was a horrible experience for everybody. Well, that was always when you worked down by the, by the giant stadium. I remember all your stories about taking the, like you had to take the bus to work or do the wiggle, right? Or the bike. We, we can talk about the wiggle, wiggle in a sec, but but as far as getting on and off the bus, like I guess the bus drivers can't force people to pay. They can't either. do anything. The bus the bus drivers won't. They they are not allowed to like basically respond to anything. So you know, like on the five bus, you get a lot. Like it'd be a crapshoot. Like every other day, you get someone to come on with a boombox, you know. And it's like I'm with all everyone else trying to go to work. No one wants to say anything. And so, you know, multiple, more than I can count on one hand, it's just like, cool, next stop, I'm getting off and I'm just going to walk. Like, I, and then it's like, then I'm just going to ride my bike. Like, that's, I'm gonna, going to just try to, like, chart my own way home and not get stuck in a confined area with, you know, some unpredictable people. Um, but I think there's, there's more of a vibe in San Francisco on, like, public transit would be an example of, yeah, you know, like, yeah, we're chill, like anything goes, but there's like a, there's a bit of a dark side to that, right? Where it's like, uh, cool, is anybody going to say something? Should I say something? Well, like, I don't know. Is you anybody know, paying for their ride here? Like, Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of, there are a lot of free rides, right? So like a ton of times people get on the bus and like don't pay and the bus driver doesn't say a word, right? Whereas like in New York, like you don't, you don't see that as much. It's just more like kind of. I think there's just a more of a collective, like, let's do the right thing sometimes. But that's a, that's a take from, you know, four years ago. Right. So you, maybe there's a comment about okay. in New York now, like, yeah. I think that changes. That's, that's a fluid thing. Right. But in, in San Francisco, it always kind of felt like I we're doubt a little more laid back. <laughs> no, I well, doubt it has too. But it's just, you know, when I was there, bus fare. why was, are you going to hassle anybody over, <laughs> over a couple quarters? I love it. Neil, we, well, there's, we, there's that, there's that side of it, Randy, but then the other side of that is then, you know, it's the broken window theory, right? Like, well then, cool, I'm going to just make a scene on the bus. And I mean, like, weren't, weren't guys it, taking a shit on your, on your front stoop for like a couple weeks straight? Not, no, 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 not on the stoop, uh, on the, in the <laughs> cove next to my, I slept in the front room and like, there was like a nice little private cove next to the house next to me. And the guy that lived next to me was freaking man this guy howard he was a yoga instructor but he was padded head to toe and he was a he was actually like a software sales guy and like i think he he owned the house and he was like he was like the best neighbor ever like he was really laid back but like also the kind of guy like in a dark alley like i want howard with me and then i went to his yoga studio he did like he he let randy like we're talking like the hottest of hot yoga mm. you can imagine love it and this guy is just beating your ass in there it's unbelievable <laughs> power um, yoga so yeah and so he and i you know we i wake up one morning and i'm like oh, you know some guy took a shit like right human shit like right in my right next to my bedroom window like you know you feel kind of violated like it's on the sidewalk <laughs> and it's right near the five bus stop but like i'm a deep sleeper tc slept in there one night he and alex had to leave we checked the into the fucking rinse it, it was too noisy <laughs> but i sleep through everything that's... so you know i wake up the next day i'm like damn that's that's human poop right like that's not good and i see howard later that day and i'm like hey man like you know this is this is bad he 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 ends up cleaning it up because, like, that's kind of neighbor he is. I probably should have done it, but I was kind of like, I didn't do it. But we talked about it, and he was like, cool. 
he's like, here's what we're going to do. And like, we made like a plan together, you know? And I'm just like a renter next door, but I'm like, dude, I am in Howard. What, what do you want to do? Like, I'll follow you anywhere on this. And so we installed some, um, motion sensor spotlights on both houses, like on, on, on both corners. And, uh, you know, I was like, you know, I don't really know if I want that, but then I got blackout curtains. So it ended up being all right, but that's, that stopped the poop problem. All right. And for, of all people to complain about poop, you're not the you're not the guy being being no, up with that assassin. And and Randy, back to your point, like I am a bit of a laissez faire. Like I mean, you know, like cool, like dude, if you don't want to pay, like I I'm not gonna make a scene. But at some point, it gets to the point where you're like, damn, now like everybody's doing it, and they just think they can do whatever they want, and that's a problem too, right? Like so. God, it was the best in the way, franchise. Sometimes that laissez faire stuff can just be super uncomfortable and inconvenient for people the, the and, franchise sure. loves san francisco loves it like spent probably a couple of years there like after college during college whatever he had a motorcycle and no, during uh, college he, yeah. he rode out there yeah yeah and uh and the franchise even he's like yeah you, know, you got your, you got your brother out there and he's you know nancy's his his representative and, and you know i mean Try. We got to get him back from the West Coast, man. We got to get him back from the West Coast. And, yeah, you know, and, 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 doesn't like. And, and guys and are taking shits on his stoop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's not not a fan. But back in the day, he was just like me. He's kind of like, yeah, man. Let's just you know, let's just all get along. Funny how that changes over life. Neil, we need you to we need you to power rank the five areas of San Francisco: the North <laughs> Bay, the East Bay, the South Bay, the Peninsula, and then the city. Power rank in, in, in what context? My favorite or like who yeah, I best, think best has to worst. the most hitters? Any way you want. Okay. If you had a ton um, of money, where would I, you where would you live? If I had all the money, I'd live in the North Bay. It's got all the vibes. Like Sausalito, Kibaron has like just great vibes in the hills. Napa. Foliage, Napa. It's just really laid back up there. You know, everybody's kind of like, you know, they're dropping acid. They're doing all kinds of stuff up there that you don't know about. It's just got Mountain. kind of like a, it's, it's a big time onion up there. You know, just keep peeling it back. You know, it just seems like you're just, just scratching the surface when you go visit it. And I always was a big fan of that. Um, San Francisco proper, then I would say a second, like it's hard to beat the city. Sure. If I had all the money, I'd probably, you know, there's certain pockets of San Francisco proper that I would, love absolutely love to live in if i could i would move everybody i love and care about to one place it would be san francisco i love it i love the town like Th- that's a great take i think i agree with you i it's it's my favorite it, i haven't found a city that has as much as san francisco has that like checks as many it boxes does. so much character kind of got you get a little you get a little big town vibe but it's not overwhelming you don't need a car if you're in the city, but it's nice to have one. You can get to nature quick. It's hard to beat water and mountains. Like, you know, it's a really solid, solid spot, you know, mm-hmm. and there are, you know, there's some drawbacks. It's like, well, it's so solid. There's a lot of people that just showed up and said, I want to take advantage of that. Right. Right. Well, that, you know, causes some issues. Um, so I'd say, let's say San Francisco Marin are one, two and a, and a little bit of a one, a one B there. Um, then I would say East Bay, you, you get, you get out of the microclimates of San Francisco and East Bay has got some really nice sun. It's hot out there. It's got some really pretty, uh, rolling Hills. Once you get out into, um, Orinda and, uh, Alamo, like, 
it's it's awesome once you get through that tunnel I was talking about. Uh, and that's where my my uh, buddy and old roommate Brian Barber, Lil Bushy, uh, is from. So I'd go out there and and one thing that San Francisco doesn't have that I always miss and and struggle with. There's no pools, right? Because of the weather, you know, it never really gets hot. So there's like nobody has a pool. Like you can't even in New York. Like there's no pools in the city, but you can go to someone's house, like kind of in Long Island or New Jersey, and there's a pool or something, right? But no pool scene at all in like the Peninsula, North Bay. But then out in out in the East Bay, there's a good more of a suburban pool vibe, um, which reminded me of home, TC. You know, in Atlanta, yeah, which is good. Um, I've never been a huge fan of down the Peninsula. I just think I don't know. It's a little sterile down there for me. Uh, Randy kind of goes back to our Stanford take, you know, great sure. resume, checked all the boxes, you know, maybe, maybe if you, you know, raise the, you know, the shirt, there's a tattoo on the rib cage or something like, Oh, check it out. You know, I'm crazy, but, uh, not a ton of surprises down there. So I'd say that's, I, I was never drawn to the peninsula. It's great weather. It's like, again, it checks all the boxes. I like Los Gatos. Los Gatos, I would live in Los Gatos. Yeah, but it's it's like, you know, it's super over, in a lot of ways, like yeah. overpriced a little, like from, from like what you're getting, even more so than the city. And I'm not an expert in a lot of things, but one of those things is paying way too much for rent to yeah. like live in a coastal elite city. Like I have, you know, like I got the playbook for that. I know how to do that. And I always thought like, man, moving down here like i'm even i'm not gonna do that like i just feel like i'm gonna yeah. overpay in every way for something that if you're gonna move out of the city like you might as well you know do something else i used to go down there for work at google and i just didn't there's a big time office park vibe in yeah. the south bay that like used to kind of give me the heebie-jeebies i will say this though i'm a huge fan kind of south bay adjacent like pacifica and the coast down that way like sharp park and once you start getting down into santa cruz like that i would 100 percent i can get down with that vibe and randy you you got a little taste of that when we were in the rv of course uh, that's a rugged ass coast too like down you get is. you get it's south awesome. of half moon bay um because like like alex and i looked at moving to half moon bay she, she she got a job offer there and but it would have been like we would have been living in san mateo and she would have been driving over the mountains every day you know and it's like but it's crazy how much room there, or you know how much coast there is between Half Moon Bay and Santa Cruz. Um, it's just like there's nothing there. It's just rugged coastline. I thought Santa Cruz was kind of cool. I'd move to Santa Cruz tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> the place is sick. Um, yeah, and Pacifica is a kind of a happy medium. Like I remember a couple of people I worked with would drive in from there, and that 280 goes down that way, and then you you know it's it's not it's like 25 30 minutes outside of town. Dude, that that um, Taco Bell in Pacifica. Oh, blew it, my mind. You know, it shattered my entire world. Sunset at a Taco Bell. I'll tell you where. Pacifica. It's it was unbelievable. Right on the beach. It's incredible. Yeah. And um, then you get down into you know yeah Santa Cruz. You get down into the Pasta Tiempo vibe, I which mean, is yeah, kind of like the you know those are like the hitter emeritus crowd down there. Yeah. It's like yeah man, we kind of opted out, but like still don't close tell anybody, enough. but this is super sick down here. And if we need to check back in, like we're not too far from civilization. Yeah. It's a it's a good vibe down there. Uh, did you ever go to a, a Sharks game? I did, I did. I went with my Google like sales team, and uh, there were some characters, like some big time Sharks fans on that. So the the, the Google team was kind of split between 
like a, a very strong contingent of San Jose, like guys and girls that live in San Jose, and then like the bus crew that, you know, the millennial fuckboys that took the bus down from San Francisco, me being one of them. And the, you know, the Bragers and the Phil Willis of the world, like they were like, we got to go to a Sharks game. Let's go to a Sharks game. And we got, we got tuned up and went to a Sharks game and it was awesome. Full, like full support. If you have a chance to go to a Sharks game, you should go. Great fan base. Hockey's awesome. Anytime you watch it live, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. And they had, a, this was 2015, no, 2016. They had a good team that year. So it was fun. Huh. Uh, it was right before the playoffs. Where do they play? Like, I think April. What arena? They played downtown San Jose. Uh, I don't can't remember the name of it. It's probably changed now, but huh. it's right in the middle of San Jose. They got like a convention center there and the the hockey rink. Interesting. It's the Shark Tank. Did we're, anybody we're ever like... throw anything to your at, at, at the bus when you were like or like protest the buses when you were. Uh... The Google buses? Yeah. Not a, not a specific bus I was on, but that was big. That was more in the Mission District, which is like south of town, which has much more of like a Brooklyn vibe to it. And, uh, yeah, nobody messed with a bus that I was physically on. But, you know, I, I, you know, I go back and forth on the bus. The bus was good. You know, you're like, it's so soulless going down, you know, 101 or 280. Like, if you're in a car, like, you look around from the bus the Google bus and you're like everyone's in their car alone like what are we doing you just feel like completely caught in the rat race which is always like a that's a big reason why I moved back east I was like I gotta get to the New York office where I don't have to do that like even riding the subway like even feeling like I have a little bit more control over my commute is a is a a factor like I was spending two and a half three hours on this bus to and from every day what are the buses like Wi-Fi yeah Oh, they're, they're beautiful. Double decker. They got Wi-Fi. They got bathrooms. Like you can work, you can, you can do whatever you want, but you can't talk, you know, and there's no talking on the bus because everybody's focused. So then what happens is you end up just working like another hour and a half and you're already like fried and it's just kind of like, it, it's just a bad, it was just kind of a bad vibe for me. That's, and that's miserable. Yeah. Uh, and so like you're on this bus and then the, the good thing is, you know, cool, we're taking, you know, all these big tech companies are taking tons of cars off the road. Like, they're helping traffic. Everybody wants to say their town has the worst traffic. San Francisco's traffic is unique in my mind because there's nowhere else where, like, the highway literally ends. It's crazy. It's just a complete dead end. It dumps you off into, like, a weird intersection. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's just, like, there's no solution to that, right? And so that's, like, kind of hopeless in a way where you're like, oh, man, like, of course, yeah, of course there's traffic. Like, there's nowhere to go, man. And so, at least on the bus, like, you know, I'm not stuck. Like, I remember talking to a buddy that used to drive, <laughs> he used to drive to Palo Alto, and he would just, like, keep a collection of Gatorade bottles in his car so he could take a leak while he's driving. He's like, dude, I'm stuck in traffic every day. And, like, the worst, worst feeling in the world is, like, I have to get three lanes over because I have to pee so bad that I have to get off the highway and now I'm going to get home 30 minutes later because getting back on the highway is going to take that extra, you know, 20 or whatever, you know, plus the 10 of me getting off and peeing and all this stuff. So he's like, I just kept, he just kept tons of Gatorade bottles in his car and would just pee while he was driving. And I was like, God, dude, that is like, like, that, 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 he's like, that was a daily routine for him. Like, that's crazy. You know, it's like, man, at least I had a bathroom on the bus. Like there's a, it, it was a 
total first world problem for me to have to commute on this bus. But at the same time, it was just like looking around and being like, what am I doing, man? I don't want to be commuting to this office park in Mountain View. Like, I don't want to do that. So yeah. I was trying to, to make a change. Uh, all right. If, as far as what do you think the most overrated neighborhood in San Francisco is an underrated neighborhood in San Francisco? Mm, that is a great question. Um, I mean, I'd say the Marina is hard not to pick as the overrated neighborhood. You know, it's, it's fun for when you're young, but it's, it's kind of a, you know, I think it's trying to be something San Francisco's not, which is more like an LA vibe, like, Oh, down by the water. Like I spent a lot of time in the Marina. I didn't live there, but there's a good, you know, that's kind of a collection of bars down there. Good sports bars. Um, underrated I would say I kind of want to say North Beach in some ways is both overrated because it's like oh it's the Italian part of town but there's a bunch of like like faux Italian restaurants that aren't that good but then if you get like really deep into North Beach there's some really good like underground dive bars like some, there's some really like quality spots up there too yeah. so I think that North Beach is both underrated and overrated. That's not really answering your question, but it's it's a it's a tough one. I like Russian Hill. Russian Hill's cool. Yeah, it's just there's not much going on in Russian Hill. I know, I kind of right. It'd be great to live there, but quintessentially San Francisco. Yeah, and Coit Tower's sweet, Um, but there's like after dark financial district, like the northeast side of San Francisco is a complete ghost town. Like there's not. It's a you know you think like oh what a awesome place this would be to live like with the hills and stuff but then it's not very functional it's it's hard to get to the airport it's hard like to find a place to go like there's you know one or two like scattered local bars but you're kind of walking over to north beach if you want to do anything fun uh it's a little isolated up there uh all right that we got that and then a lot of people reached out after we had rc kunk on and said uh you know like is that your your spiritual mentor? A hundred percent. RC Kunk, CC, you can probably second this. Like huge influence on both of us. But just when I was, you know, in the football days, like he was, he was the uh, he was the benchmark a little bit. So I, I think I've definitely uh, stolen a few tricks from that guy. Um, I mean, a huge reason I even played college football was because of you, RC Kunk. Chase, our other cousin, you know, we're sitting on the deck in Charleston in Isle Palms. And like, I'm a junior going on senior in high school. I'm like, oh, I got it all figured out. Like, I don't want to play football. Like, you know, I'm, I'm over it. And you guys are all like, no, dude, you don't get it, man. Like, if you don't, like, what do you, you just, what are you going to do if you don't do that? You know, like, oh, where do you want to go to school? Oh, you want to go to an Ivy League school? Well, guess what? You're not smart enough, you fucking schnitz. You know, you guys kind of all, yeah, uh, teed it up. But obviously, RC Kunk has a special way of getting through to people, which is basically just like punching you right in the face. And uh, you know, I just remember being like, "Man, that's uh, you guys are making a good point here." So then I decided I better, you know, I better make a highlight tape and try to get recruited or something. Or Dude, uh, I remember or, RC or else Kunk, I'm, or else I'm joining KA at Miami, baby. I'm joining the family. I remember RC Kunk. Uh, we wouldn't have you, Neil. Built. Built an igloo. Randy, that's that's disgusting. You know why? Because you told me you told me in San Francisco on Tron's bachelor party that 
if we had been in college together, you think we would have been friends. You told me that. That was a confession that you made. Was, back was this before or after Randy got back down? down? I think I got roofied that night, too. Down. I think I got roofied. No, we were on the back deck. We were. This was after uh, Randy got back down at the House of Prime Rib. Uh, but going back to RC, RC, I remember one time when he was, I don't know, he was a freshman in high school or maybe in eighth grade, he built a fucking igloo in his parents' yard, like next to their house. Right built, in the front yard. Built an igloo. His parents, Uncle Pete and Aunt Chris still live in the same house in up, what, Upper Arlington, Powell. Worthington. Powell. Powell, yeah. And, and yeah, and so... Like so, out of snow and ice, you mean? Or? Yeah, he built an igloo yeah. so he could go smoke, straight, smoke weed in it and keep igloo. all his booze in there. And nobody ever went in it. Like, they just they just took him at face value. He would keep everything, you know, underground or whatever and just... It was crazy. No, but then it melted. <laughs> it melted and then all the... No, it got really hot and all it melted and there was just like empty vodka bottles and dip cans and like all the, you know, high school contraband is just laying in the front yard one morning. And Aunt Chris was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, are you serious? Like, how stupid are you? You know, it just melted. First uh, time I got drunk in the basement at RC Tunnel. You got violently you know? sick that night, too. Yeah, threw up all over the basement. And Aunt Chris was like, oh, Neil, I'm so sorry. And then she just chewed Ryan out. He was just a complete, like, it would always be that Ryan's like a Dalmatian. You kind of have to, like, run him. You know, he's always got to be doing activities. And so, like, I was always, like, young enough and had enough energy to, like, you know, kind of, like, almost, like, take the dog for a walk. And so we just get into stuff, and then we'd do stupid stuff. And in some ways, he was a horrible influence. In some ways, he was a great influence. But we'd get in trouble, and then he would just get crushed, like, crucified for it. But it was always, like, me. I was like, oh, man, Neil's too young. Like, it's not his fault. Like, Ryan should know better. Ryan, Ryan is the bad guy, you know? And then we'd be like ostracized and we'd go like, you know, we'd go to the park and shoot hoops and just be like, man, everybody hates us, man. <laughs> so there was a lot of that growing up when we went on these beach trips and stuff to the, uh, to South Carolina. Um, last thing I have is the airport. We got to talk about the airport. I, I, on the whole SFO for me is a plus. I think it's a well-run establishment. I think it's laid out well. A lot of um, delays, though. Fog rolls in. Yeah. That's, that's kind of true. out of their control, though, right? It's yeah, hard to... I, think, I think as far as, you know, the United Terminal's great. Yeah. There, the International Terminal's awesome. Yeah, Delta's good, got good a, food. a small but, but really efficient um, process coming in and out of there. Uh, the MX Lounge is it, sick. Well, it's just like you compare it to, like, JFK. Like, I don't have to walk a half a mile to get to my gate at SFO. You know, yeah. it's got the circular layout. Like, I just think it's more efficient in a lot of ways than than LAX or JFK or some of the other airports. Um, did Oakland you ever fly out of fire. San Jose or Oakland? I did, yeah. Both, San Jose is pretty small. Uh, I mean, pretty easy. Uh, but Oakland's a big southwest hub for that area, and – it's just, you know, perpetually under construction, kind of like LaGuardia, just always like, oh, hey, sorry, we're, you know, we're redoing the place. Like, it'll be ready in 2028. Like, all right, cool, guys. You know, so like the security lines get like really skinny because you're like next to like plywood barriers and stuff. And there's not a great, they, Oakland has no interest in like the designer, like food spots. Like San Francisco, SFO has like, you know, Perry's, which is a famous restaurant in San Francisco. They got a location in the Delta Terminal. 
and they do a good job of kind of, you know, it's still airport food, but it's like, oh, cool. It's like, I know that brand. I know that name. Like yeah. that always is kind of comforting. Oakland, yeah, nah, we're not going to do that. Like here's a, you know, kiosk with a pot of coffee kind of vibe. Uh, didn't Sergey and Larry used to like, or they maybe they still do, they fly that 767 like in under cover of darkness into the Stanford airport and piss everybody I off? I think they did. But I all they they bought Google bought Moffett Airfield, which is an old it's like Air right Force on the base bay, or right? Army base. Yeah, like on the southwest corner. That's what of it is. Yeah, bay. but there's like there's, there's, there's certain old, hours, right? Uh, yeah, there's this big um, hangar that now like is uncovered. It's like a, it looks like a steel hangar. So next time you fly into San Francisco, you hard to miss. But that's like Google owns that, and like that's now where they base uh, like all the other bets. You know, in quotes, like that's what is on the the uh, you know quarterly investor calls, earnings call is like other bet. You know, like the Loon project and all this all the self driving stuff. Well, gotcha. self driving stuff, I think, has a, another office, but like all the you know, we're trying to live forever, Verily uh, stuff and all the Google, um, the secret stuff, the Google X stuff is is based at Moffitt, which is like you know, it's got a little bit of an Area Fifty One vibe to it. Gotcha. All right. Well, I I, I think we got to let you go. Um, we've been on. Guys, I hope I didn't bring too much noise on you. You brought a lot of noise. There was a lot of noise. It was uh, you know, it was a sound and a fury. Get off my chest. It's uh, uh I, I you know you leave once you sometimes you leave a place and you kind of. Do you guys ever do this where you just you don't you don't think about it too often or you know it's kind of like oh, okay cool that chapter of my life closed yeah. but it was it was it was cathartic to talk a little San Francisco with you. Yeah, we didn't even get into, you know, Randy and I wanted to talk about the Ethiopian dam. We wanted to talk about the Three Gorges dam. We can do that on uh, next week with Greensboro. Um, and then... <laughs> Very relevant to Greensboro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to talk about the, the movie The Game because we were talking about hunting, hunting humans. Of course. And then, uh, uh, Neil, last question. Movie. We'll get you out of here on this. What grocery store did you shop at in San Francisco? Uh, Trader Joe's. Oh. Local joint. Yeah, based based in uh, what is it, Mon Monrovia, California? They're based in the Central Valley, but San Francisco is like, kind of where they got their start. So uh, Brian Barber, Little Bushy, and I used to head up there and get the deals, you know. And uh, Two Buck Chuck, the, Trader Joe's is tough to beat, man. I mean, they, it seems like they. One thing I always respected about them, they're one of the few companies that do not have never and will never, according to them, do Google AdWords. Because they say marketing, we're going to pass the savings along to our customer. We don't we don't build any marketing costs into our product. Fact check. that, Randy? Monrovia is in Southern California. Um, you know, and and well, California, local to California. Yeah. And Neil, uh, we've uh, Randy's gone on record as saying that Trader Joe's is the Ricky Fowler of. Well, all credit to Kyle. That was Kyle yeah. Porter's take, which I I happen to agree with. Uh, for yeah. a few well, reasons. Why do you but, feel that way? Well, you can listen back to the old episode to. <laughs> To, to get a rundown. Yeah, how about TC? You know, I'm up here. I'm 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 busy. I'm trying to live my life, and he's lighting me up for not listening to the trap draw. Like, guys, I'm sorry, man. I can't keep up with the content you're putting out. It's all right, Neil. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll we'll have to have you back on to discuss how how much of a disgrace Kroger is because I know you're on my block there. I'm um, big time. I'm a big Publix guy. Grew up with Publix. But Randy, I would encourage you to give Trader Joe's another shot. I, I always no, I like Trader Joe's. I. They would big time Google. They would pass the savings, the marketing, 
Yo, everybody, we're gonna get you out of here. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get you out of here. This is all covered ground already. <laughs> all right, fair enough. I, I bet you didn't know that about Google, though. Uh, did you learn something new from me? <laughs> I did. I did. Did you? No, the yeah. San Francisco stuff right. was great, but not the Trader Joe's stuff. No, that's a little that's a little reheated, but we'll 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 revisit in future episodes. All right, you know what? I'll make a point to go back and listen to supporter stuff, and I I will, uh, you know, I'll let you know how I feel about it. Educate yourself, young man. Gents, I think I'm going to see you soon. Maybe next week. Yes, we'll see you next week. Looking forward to it. Thank Th- you for having me on. Thank you, Neil. Extreme pleasure. See you, dude. God, what a moron. Oh man. All right, if you're still listening, that was uh, that was the merch star from San Francisco. <laughs> he he was he was he was Ming siding us. He, he minged us a little. He took a, he took control of our program <laughs> yeah. there for a while. He was. <laughs> His his whole five you know list of five favorite infrastructure things yeah totally off track wanted to segment that out a little bit more yeah well you never know what you're gonna get um <laughs> all right TC you mentioned all the stuff we're gonna be hitting next week uh we got Greensboro special guests there uh Boston we're just gonna keep this thing rolling we can talk about Food Lion up in the Carolinas of course of course Ingles shit like that yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I'd like to talk about this damn situation. I guess Sudan, Egypt, and Ethiopia have come back to the negotiating table. Good to see. And then a lot of... We're very concerned about the Chinese Central Valley. A lot of rumors, a lot of conjecture coming out of, of uh, yeah, uh, the, the, the Central Valley of China. So watch, to, watch the choke points. More to come there. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Favorite rapper, hey, now I'm your favorite trapper's favorite trapper. The absolute.